0: you are listening to the invitation church podcast to learn more about invitation church visit us online at invitation605.com you can also download our app on itunes and google play by searching for invitation 605
1: i uh-huh. firm foundation, being a rock on which we stand and God, the house that this song says that we're building is actually our sense of closeness to you, our presence with you, that you are firm and you're strong, even when everything around doesn't feel that way. God, thank you for being that for us. And thank you for being there even when we sometimes even don't see through everything, don't believe it even. Uh, you're still there waiting for us. So amen. You unravel me with a melody, you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemy till all my fears are gone, I'm no longer God, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, You have chosen me. Love Call my name. I've been born again to your family. You blood flows to my veins. Singing like you mean it. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Child, God, I'm no longer now. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God part of the song on the recording where they just start going crazy and singing oh and I don't know about you but I've always wondered when I'm like in the congregation am I supposed to sing oh is that what I'm supposed to do and if that's you I just want to give you permission to do that because what I've found is helpful is that sometimes in worship when you're going through a lot of crap and there's just no words to say sometimes the best thing to do is just give God your groaning and your oh like I got nothing, God, but here's all my pain. Here's all the things I'm going through. Here's all my worries. And so I'm just going to sing it out. So I just give you permission um, to do that and to give you that courage. And I'm going to do it. So No one's listening to your O's, um, so just go with me, okay? a child of God. Let's sing our anthem. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Can't sing that enough. Let's sing it one more time. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God sing I am a child. I am a child of God. I am a child of God.
2: Man, you may be seated. All right, I want to invite, I'm inviting everybody up here today. Some of you are getting nervous. you are like, okay, who's next? I don't think I talked to him this week so I feel nervous. I'm gonna invite the Sproles family up and if you remember several months ago uh, we prayed for them uh, because they were jumping on a plane uh, to spend uh, some time together uh, ministering and learning and growing uh, in Africa. And so we're figuring out how we're all gonna stand. So that's, yeah, okay, yep. Apparently I'm very scary and ferocious. So oh yeah I did (laughs) come on give me a break so what we're gonna do today is I've just asked them if they would share about their time and some of what they learned and uh, what God did um, in and through uh, their time there and so it's one thing to pray uh, for a group of people and then it's like hey what happened how did God show up Uh, that powers and encourages us to continue uh, to pray so I don't know who's starting this thing oh down the line Oh my gosh, I love it. So if you would welcome the Sproul's family, that would be amazing.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm Joella, and I saw a lot of just joy in the Lord, and they were just so faithful, and they just gave everything to God. They were like, we're not going to worry about the next meal, or our clothes are gonna come from we'll just pray about it and give it up to the Lord and just he'll provide for us and I thought that was really cool Um, we even prayed from going from the city to a village we prayed for going like our trip there which we did need that prayer the road was very bumpy in the jungle and it was just really cool we just prayed about every Little thing, you know, what we would think would be little was just huge to them um, My dad even prayed over a motorcycle, which we would think is weird. Like we're praying over an item, but it was it was a huge deal to them and Yeah, I thought that was really cool And just now even I just like if I'm driving I'm like, oh, okay, be with me Lord on this trip so I just pray a lot more now, just over what you'd think would be just a little thing. Um, I'm
4: Dory. Um, Well, she pretty much said what I was going to say. But um, I would say there's not a lot of, like, as much anxiety or fears, um, because, you know, the Lord provides, and that's pretty much there. Entire thing, so there wasn't a lot of anxieties for different things, and she took everything that I was going (laughs) to say. (laughs) Um, They were just happy all the time, and there's never really being sad or anything like that, and always really joyful to talk to you and whenever you wake up, always right down there, um, below the balcony waiting for you to go out and look at all of them and wave at them and things like that. And always wanted to show me how to use the well, which was interesting, to pump the water. So yeah, always really excited to show me things that were new.
5: Um, I'm gonna share Second Thessalonians 1. We ought always to thank God for you brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. So this spoke to me this morning. Um, I'm kind of a last minute kind of person because things don't just come to me. I have to just have it come to me that moment. But I, I thank all of you for your prayers, because it's, it's amazing what just prayers do. Uh, so we, we thank you for that, and we could tell that those prayers were with us. Um, I was kind of in shock and awe the whole time I was there. Uh, it's kind of eye-opening to see the brokenness, um, and yet the perseverance. I, I, I thought the, the word was resilience until I looked it up. And I, I think that they live with in the state of perseverance. Um, they went through civil wars. They've gone through um, poverty. They go through e- Ebola, wiped out families, um, entire families, and, and would but would leave a, a one small child who people would take in. Um, but they keep moving forward. And uh, and I can't say the whole country always relies on God, but there's many that are, and the, and the churches there are growing. They still have the same concerns that we do. Um, broken families divorce um, parents dying and then leaving children behind fathers leaving children you know there's there's a lot of brokenness and sadness but yet within that there's so much joy and it's one of the things that you know we kept saying is we we could just give money (laughs) we could build wells we could build all kinds of things with the amount of money that we're spending to fly over here but they just kept saying no it's you being here you caring enough to leave your comfort to come to a place that's extremely hot and humid, which I hate, (laughs) I like my air conditioning, Um, to come to a place where you pump the water, you shower with well water, you can't drink any water but bottled water that they they bring in for you. You may get sick from what you eat um, and we were lucky because we we got to have, we paid extra to have gasoline to run a fan so we could be cooler. so we got to have some of those comforts, but for us to come there and Joella felt at one point, we felt like royalty. Like it was a big deal that we were ambassadors of the United States. And to me that was like, oh my gosh, I don't deserve that title. But you would, we would drive through the jungle and wave at them. I, I just thought it was fun. I rolled down my window and I waved and you know they would be you know, just doing their regular thing. But yet as soon as you waved, this big huge smile at, of just that joy and that hope that they had so um, I guess those were some of the things that that I saw and I'm going to bet piggyback on some of the things that Chris said um, one was intention and gladness so that they are full of brokenness 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 but yet they they live um, focusing on their next meal sometimes but that God will provide like Joe said um, and the girl said and the anxiety and depression is not on their top 10. Survival is. Um, And so just living with intention and and, but not giving up. Just having that hope that things are gonna get better and building on that foundation. And so building on on God is their foundation. So one of the things that when we were driving through you would see all these houses and I thought that they were destroyed during the Civil War, because they're half built, all these empty houses. But one of the doctors that we met there, um, she was amazing, uh, firecracker. Uh, But she just said, no, these are not, they're not broken homes. What they are is when they have the money, they buy the the materials. And those materials may sit there for a really long time until they have enough money to build the foundation. And then they wait until they have enough money to build the next level. So you can have an empty shell of a house for 10 years, but they just, they don't give up. They just keep working and persevering and have that hope that that one day that that house will be built and it's built on that firm foundation. So those were some of the things that I came back with.
6: Well, I'll uh, release them. Uh, I have a few extra words maybe to to talk about this morning, but you know, we, we, we went to the country of Liberia uh, for two weeks. Liberia is, as Jody said, very hot. Um, you, you will be, rain, it uh, rains all the time or you sweat. So there's this kind of idea that you will always be wet in Liberia. Um, the city of Monrovia is the wettest city in the world. Uh, it rains all the time there. Like right now, it's raining for about 10 months. It rains every single day, but it's like 90 degrees. Um, When we were there, most of the temperature was between a 90 and a 100, and the humidity hovered around 90. And we were in the dry season. So get up in fog, no wind. It was, and I think that was the biggest thing for us to work through was just the heat and the humidity. Um, But like Jody said, we saw so many things that took place in these people's lives that they didn't focus on, and they had so much hope, especially the people that we were around um, you know i don 't know how many of you have encountered Pentecostals, maybe some of you are. Uh, we were with Pentecostals, man. the Holy Spirit was like on the tip of their tongue, and they were they were rolling and so we prayed just out of the blue. Uh, we would just start praying for whatever it was, and like Joella said, travel and I I was sitting in the congregation and and the pastor had me come up and pray over a motorcycle that was being gifted and I was like, I've never done that before, but I'm willing to do it and have the Holy Spirit move through that. There are so many opportunities for us to see how God is working in the country of Liberia. The interesting thing is, is, and we were even kind of doing this on the way, we're so busy at the time, school's going on, it's actually kind of wrapping up, we're at the end of, uh, of April, and we just had the busyness of life, so we kind of get on the plane, we go, okay, guess we're going to Africa. Like we really hadn't ever even thought about really where we were going in depth. And to give you a quick background on Liberia, Liberia is a country that is made from free slaves. Um, it is really about the only country that could somewhat be called a colony of the US. Um, there was actually a historical colonizing society at the time when the free slaves Um, came about and slaves were, many slaves were given the opportunity to go back to Africa. They went back to Africa, many of them, and started the country of Liberia. They knew about the Constitution and some of those, so much of the government is set up and structured very similar to the US. Um, They have a president and all the rest. Uh, It is a democracy. Yet through that time, those freed slaves went back. Uh, They ended up having slaves themselves of all the natives because they knew how to do slavery. Um, so they became the, the slave owners and built the country with the slaves of the country and the natives of the country. Um, you'll see Monrovia, the primary place that we stayed for most of the time was Findel. Findel has a school there, it's about 325 kids and an orphanage. Uh, Gonta also has uh, a school um, as well and then Duobli, um has a clinic. So there's a lot of things going on with this group that we were with. You can go ahead and go to the next picture. So this is the group that we went with. You know, we had a lot of people say, well, what group are you going with? For, for us, it was really Pastor Samuel. Pastor Samuel's the guy, in the, the shortest guy in the middle. That's his brother actually there from, from Liberia, but the guy with red and the, and the coat when it's like 100 degrees out. He's from South Dakota now, and, and he freezes. I mean, he's freezing, it's 90 degrees out. We kept saying, when are you gonna take that jacket off? And that's, that's a legit jacket. That's like a let's go 20, 30 below zero jacket, not just a light jacket. We had Dr. Eklund, some of you may know him, and Tim Dreyer's the, the white guy in the back. Um, and I think, you know, we, we came because Pastor Samuel kept telling us, you have to come. We were involved in wells and solar panels and some things like that. But he said, you have to come because the people need you here and need you in Liberia to see that you're encouraging them. And so this is our small band of, of warriors that went, of course our family is there. Um, and then Marcus is the gentleman with the white shirt on in the middle between Jody and, and Joella. Uh, he runs CRI, uh, Children's Rescue International in Liberia. So we can go to the next slide. So this is some of the school children out in the schoolyard. As As Dory said, we were kinda, they gave us the best room in the building. The thing about librarians is they're super giving. They want to be great hosts, even though they don't have a lot to host people, they will give you the best of the best. So we slept on the floor in a room that was soon to be given to orphanage boys, um, but they gave us the entire room to be able to be in. But we were up on a balcony and we could see the kids gathering before school. That's where this picture is. Okay, and you can go to the next. This is one of the classrooms in Findel, so children are taught through the school and they really have this calling of an orphanage but also bring in kids from around the city to come in and have an education. And it's always with the focus of let's educate these kids so that they can go out and teach the gospel and be able to be educated and have jobs. And so there's a lot of school involved throughout the weekday. Okay. Uh, here is, here's an example of the orphanage, uh, the house that they stayed in very small rooms, movement of air is very limited, uh, so when you talk about it being very hot, uh, they are staying in, in rooms that are very in close quarters and don't necessarily have a lot of windows, but this is so much better than what other people are living in in Liberia. Um, so they, they feel blessed to have this, but we looked at it as wow, how, how could you kinda grow up in this type of environment where you're just hot all the time, no blankets, they don't use blankets, which is weird, I usually like to have a little bit of something on me when I'm sleeping. There was like nothing, we showed up and so then we, didn't, we put t-shirts on ourselves and stuff and just laid like they were blankets, but okay, go ahead. Um, this is the clinic, which is in Duobly. Uh They started a clinic there that reaches out into, um, into the forest and into the jungle and brings people in for clinical help and that's why Dr. Eklund, who is, who is the gentleman in the middle with the hat, uh, was there? He was kind of looking at all the things that are going on uh, from a medical standpoint. Okay. Uh, this is typically when we would drive. This is what the roads look like. It's if you think Forty First is bad with construction, it's nothing like, like the Red District just outside of Findel. Um It was it was mayhem, and and I I was surprised people weren't just dying every second. Like I'm surprised we just didn't see bodies all over the place. But they know how to like. I don't know, I talked with the, our driver and he's just like, you just got to hold your lane. And then everybody just knows everybody's holding their lane. Now that lane could be like where this gentleman's walking. That's a walking lane apparently now. But if he goes over here, you might have like a moped go through that like 30 miles an hour right past you on your right side. So it's I would I would never drive. Pastor Samuel joked with me that, oh, when we get there, you're going to drive one of the cars. And I'm like, what? I had no idea it was like this. Otherwise, I would have really said what. But... Um, I didn't ever have to drive, which is awesome. Okay, next picture. Uh, this is a typical gas station uh, in Liberia. Bottles, uh, you pull over and they just, you know, pour it in there. They, it's interesting because they only usually buy like one or two gallons. They only have enough money to buy a few gallons. You don't ever fill it up. So they'll buy a couple gallons, we'll drive for a little while, then you pull over again, you get a couple more gallons. Uh, but this is a typical gas station. The interesting thing about gas stations in Liberia, what took place, and I'll just rewind a little bit, but what took place is that uh, they they had a great country, a great thing going. U.S. is funding them, helping them build buildings, build apartments, buildings, gas stations, all this infrastructure, roads. And then what happened was is we, started, we went into Afghanistan about the same time that they hit a civil war. Um, so our funding kind of left Liberia and went to other things going on in the world. And they had a rebellion, which, pretty much burned the country. The Civil War created a massive uh, uh, flood of people just fighting and inter-fighting and families broken and fighting and killing and they were raising up young children. If you've heard of Blood Diamonds, that's kind of the Liberia area, they were funding it through diamonds. Um, and so there was all of this history of people that um, you know, were so broken and the country was broken. That one of the things that, that came about too, you can go to the next picture, was um, this is an example of a home in Liberia but one of the things that I thought was interesting is when we were talking we had chances to be doing leadership and training and just of the pastors because they do have some pastors through children's rescue that are that are in the jungle and out in villages so they came in for training you can go ahead and go to the next one Um, so we had these moments of training where we would bring in these pastors and train and the questions were question and then they would ask kind of a question and answer And one of them was, you know, I'm a pastor of a church, and I don't know, I I have a hard time forgiving this guy down the street. And it's like, okay, so let's walk through that. Let's unpack it. What does that look like? Well, he killed my uncle in front of my whole family with a machete. And he's just a block, he lives right down the road from me. How do I forgive that type of person? So it's those types of things that came out and that we had a chance to talk to and walk through. But I'm sitting there going, I'm from the U.S. I got nothing like that. You know, like other than God loves you and that guy is built in the image of God even though there was a sinful thing that happened. That's about all I have. I don't have any other direction. So there was these deep questions that really made me think, okay, where am I at in my life and where are other people around the world with what they are dealing with in their lives? Okay, we can go to the next one. This is a church. That was taking place um, pastor samuel's an interesting fella he has always called me pastor big ken i've always told him don't call me that i'm not a pastor uh, he is a fire chaplain with me and he always calls me that in fact last when we were planning for this he kept saying pastor big ken and all this and he, he's an interesting guy because he can speak uh, english very well but he will give you that stare like he's not understanding you're speaking English. I don't know if you've ever had that with somebody, maybe somebody who speaks Spanish. He just kind of does this blank stare when I tell him, don't call me Pastor Big Ken. Well, his thing was, let's go, let's preach, and then we might just go to another church and preach and preach and just keep teaching and throughout the day. So, um, he, uh, he had, we had a little church, this is an example of one of the little churches that we went to and it was just jam packed, it was a ladies, an elder's house and she gave her house to be able to, it was one of the best houses around. This was interesting too, and I'll keep hurrying here, but this, this was, um, this is the first time where I had encountered people that had never seen white people. So like adults that hadn't seen white people before, other than like on Magnum PI or something like that on their televisions, they had never touched. So like I just stood in the middle of this church and everybody wanted to touch my hands. And I think there was just an interesting thing that took place. With them laying their hands on me for the first time, they were like, This is what a white guy feels like. So, tell you what, I represented everybody here. You know, if I had up here, if you're skinnier, I had people rubbing the calves if you're a little bit overweight. You know, I had it all over. So, I represented all of us uh, during this moment. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one. So, this is Jody. She's teaching a VBS. Uh, the girls also helped with VBS. Uh, you can go to the next one. Um, this is Joella. The, the babies, wow, super cute, always dressed um, up and hair done. Uh, it's hard to resist not carrying babies around. Uh, this is a beautiful child that, that we had outside our house uh, in the jungle where we were. Okay, next one. This is Jody's with some more kids. All right, next one. Again, VBS, a different VBS than the first one. You know, the interesting thing about VBS is they've never played games before, especially the kids that were in this jungle that we went to this this village, Dwobley. Um, they didn't know how to get in lines. They didn't understand like even how to throw like a hoop over a, a stick standing up, you know, a post or whatever. And so it was interesting trying to run VBS when you're not only teaching them like how to get into a bag, it's like, you know, you have to go from here to here and then another person goes from here to here and while we all spoke English they do speak English uh, It has such a hard accent that we couldn't understand each other very well without an interpreter but that's one thing we learned with VBS and they were so excited to just have an opportunity like these bags they would never done anything like that and jump inside a bag and and do a relay uh, okay you can go to the next one hair hair was a super big deal with the girls like there was kids always wanting to do their hair uh, this is an example at, at Findel where they were getting their hair done, but it happened continuously throughout and it was fun for them to be interact with the kids. Okay, next. Uh, they had these little taxis. This one actually, I believe has like 12 or 14 kids in it with Jody. Uh, you can't see all of them, but there is actually that many. And again, it's it, you know 90 percent humidity and 100 degrees out. Okay, next. Uh, this is the ladies that cooked for us. Um, great meals, and they were very careful about what they fed us so we wouldn't get sick. Okay, next one. Uh, the girls working with, with some of the cooks. Okay. Uh, this is a well uh, that everything was pumped into buckets and we just had scoops to wash. So when we say showers, it was really just a, a cup that you pour over the top of you, which was awesome to have that. This is an example, we're just sitting around after dinner hanging out and then the Holy Spirit all of a sudden started moving we got up and danced and sung in this living room of this house. Okay, go ahead. And this is a a village that we were in as we went, we were traveling out um, into the jungle. You know, they are the worst roads. Um, Dory mentioned this, but this road was worse than anything I had seen. You literally drive down into five foot deep holes and drive out of them. Those were their potholes. Um, seriously they are and so we happen to go in the dry season that's the only time you can get back into this place we went to when it was raining it rained when we came back the night before we came back we kept praying Lord just keep the rain away don't fill all these potholes because we're gonna have a heck of a time getting out of the jungle um, and it, sure enough it did rain so we had an adventure coming back I think it was I don't know 12 13 hours of, of riding on this road to get back out of the jungle incredible incredible time you can go to the next one so as I started thinking about what does this mean to go to a country and I think when you have opportunity to be blessed and to bless others you think oh, this is kinda what I'm doing this is what I'm going to receive from it and what I quickly learned was I was receiving so much more than what I was ever gonna be able to give to the people of Liberia and so I came back and really started thinking okay what scripture applies to this because um you know, we did step out, but I think we step out in our lives all the time, whether they're big or small, and one of those came from um Proverbs, a verse that came to me, and it's Proverbs eleven twenty four through twenty six. Uh, one person gives freely yet gains even more, another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. I don't know if you're familiar with this verse. I wasn't uh, prior to Liberia. And there's a couple things that I want to point out in this verse, and you can go to the next slide. Um, First of all, there is kind of this warning that we'll get out of the way. Um, We'll jump into that first. You know, this scripture talks about not being kind of holding your fist, holding, holding your money, withholding the blessing to others. And when you, when you do that, you miss opportunities to be blessed yourself. So this really talks about when you refresh somebody else and you step out into a moment of blessing for someone else, you receive that back, right? Now we receive that definitely in Liberia. There is no doubt that we received uh, back more than we ever even gave but I would encourage you to not be clenched fist, fisted. Mark, Mark speaks to this uh, in, the, in the scriptures about a man that comes before Jesus and says, what can I do? What else can I do to follow you? And Jesus says, well, follow the ca- commandments and love your neighbor. And this Jewish guy says, you know what? I've been following the commandments since day one, since my bar mitzvah. I've been following the commandments. And Jesus says, but you need to go and sell everything you have and give it away and follow me. Because he was missing an opportunity of blessing. He got the idea of, okay, I'm gonna do church. I'm gonna do things like on a Sunday, like we may do. And I'm gonna do what's right. I'm gonna be a good person. And I'm gonna care about other people. But he was missing the point of being able to offer blessing to other people. And that's what he was dealing with. I don't know where you're sitting today, if that's something that you have, where you're just kind of clenched fist, fisted and holding that in and saying, you know what, I do everything right. But if you're missing the point of blessing others and caring for others, then you're missing a big part of who we are in spreading the gospel and telling other people about who Christ is. We can go to the next slide. So the first portion of this scripture talks about being generous. And I believe it's because you are made in the image of God we have an extremely generous God and each of us are made in that image. I just want to read this scripture. It's 5, five 1 through 2 uh, Gen- out of Genesis. This is written, a written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and he named them mankind when they were created. You are in the image of God. When you start talking about blessing and caring for other people, that's because you have God. You are in an image of God. And when you do that, you're acting as if you are God in a way that because you're in the image of him, you're you're landing inside what his blessing is for you. Billy Graham had this to say, God has given us two hands, one to receive with and the other to give with. You are in the image of God. Think about his creation and how, how infinitely he was generous, stars, moon, trees, grass, seasons. He cares about our physical needs out of Matthew 6 and he gives us rest for our souls in Matthew 11. He provides direction in Ephesians 2 and he gives us grace, Second Corinthians 9. He shows us how to escape temptation in First Corinthians 10 and he helps us when we're hurting in Psalms. And there's so many other scriptures where God has been generous to us and because we have been created by a creator that is extremely generous, that is built within us in the image of God. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Be generous in the big and the small ways. You know, when you look at Liberia, I could see some of you saying, I'd never go to Liberia. You know, it doesn't have a great rating for bringing, first of all, women there, let alone two teenage girls and some of those kind of things. There's some fear attached to it. Um, money and all the rest comes to that and you might say you know what I don't know if I'll ever go to Liberia or we also help um, through invitation with Haiti and some of those kind of bigger things that you would look at as stepping out but I think we're also called in the small ways and some of those might be things that you already do it could be seeing someone at a grocery store that needs help paying for their groceries it could be paying for somebody in line at a Wendy's or wherever opening a door for someone being having a smile for them those are kinda some things that you can do that are very small but the interesting thing that happens when you do things not only in the big but in the small God will bless you back and you will be blessed through that and that's what we saw in Liberia you think you're gonna open a door for somebody just because you're being nice but eventually that starts to sink in that God is blessing you you can go to the next slide So to be generous because you're in the image of God. Be generous in big and small ways. And be generous because you will be blessed. Luke six thirty-eight says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Be generous because you are made in his image. Be generous in big and small things. And you will be blessed. You are in the image of God. And sometimes when we get caught up in life and we feel down, those are the moments to go out and do something. Go out and bless someone. Because when you bless someone and you're down, the focus is no longer on you. It's on other people. And God says, I will bless you because of that. That's not me saying it. That's what scripture says, right? And so I would encourage you this coming week to go out and bless someone whether it's a big one like you're going to all of a sudden start planning to go to liberia or it's a small one where you're just giving god's love to someone and stepping a little bit out maybe even opening the door for someone is a big deal for you it may not be for me but it might be for you to step out into blessings i think that's an important part now as we are two or three weeks or excuse me two or three months from liberia I've, I've looked at it from the standpoint, and you can go to the, the last slide here, which is, yeah, that's fine. Um, the, the blessing, I thought when I first returned was just this idea that the Holy Spirit had really spoken to me while I was there. Not on the level that I thought, but on the, not on the level that I think it did now. So more that I just felt completely refreshed Um, and the girls spoke to it a little bit, but just this idea that, and and Jody did with perseverance, but this idea that these people are going through so many things in their life, but they turn to God, turn to God. Chris talked about it earlier. I mean, we could have hit rewind before we even got up here and just did the whole service over. That would have been awesome because the first part of this service was like, whoa, that's super praise God stuff. But, you know, this idea that I think what came out of Liberia maybe different than what God was actually doing. And I think that happens too. Sometimes we look at it and we go, wow, this is how I was blessed. And I came back thinking, I'm I'm supercharged. Like my battery is rocking now. And I've seen what happened over there. But here's the thing, as we've stepped out of this, and Dave is gonna talk about this in a minute, but as we've kind of gone farther away from Liberia, I've started to look at it a little differently. And I mentioned this at the beginning, where Pastor Samuel always calls me pastor. He's called me that for three years, and I've told him for three years, I am not a pastor. I don't have a flock, I don't have a church, I don't have a sim degree, I'm not an MDiv and all those kind of cool things. I'm not a pastor, don't call me that. We hit the ground in Liberia, the first guy that comes up, he introduces me as Pastor Big Ken. And he, he, there he started like 12 churches and some things like that. So he's not only Pastor Samuel there, he's Bishop Samuel. So it's like, okay, I can't like say Bishop Samuel's a liar, so <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not true. But what it did was he continually called me Pastor Big Ken while I was there. And an interesting thing happened. Everybody there called me Pastor Big Ken. And at the time I was getting asked by a search committee from another church, would you be our pastor? And I was like, no, 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 it's probably Liberia. That's what I'm getting called into. Yet the whole time at liberia pastor big ken pastor big ken mother jody huge respect for pastors wives as well and i think liberia as i look back on it was the holy spirit speaking the pastorship into me through the people of liberia that was the blessing that i received and i didn't see it until a couple of weeks ago that it's okay you can be a pastor you should be a pastor and time and time again, every day, it slowly grew on me. You know, maybe, maybe God is calling me into the pastorate. So I came back, met with the search committee and started working towards how could this even look. I have a business that I own, I'm a fire chaplain as well. But God did an amazing thing in Liberia because we stepped out in faith. And I think that's the incredible thing with blessings. I challenge you to step out in blessings and say you know what I'm gonna care about somebody else this week I don't know who that is right now I'm gonna pray about it I don't care if it's a person walking into sunshine or if it's somebody deeper than that or it's I want to go to Haiti but that God is calling you into a moment of blessing in your life because it'll get pressed down and it'll come back to you more than you can imagine and I'm still wrapping my head around what happened there from three months ago But now I begin to see Liberia was a moment for God to speak the pastorship into me. I call you out too. Bless someone this week, you will be blessed. If you are down in the dumps, get out of the down in the dumps and start blessing other people, you will be blessed. Amen? Okay, so we just, let's say a little prayer here. Uh, Dear many Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for an opportunity to give you all the praise and all the glory. We are built in the image of you and we thank you for that, that you planted in us a seed to care for others and to love others. Lord, thank you so much for the image of you that we have in us. Give us opportunities to bless others this week, Lord. Thank you for who you are. We give you all the praise and glory. In your heavenly name, amen. Awesome, We can have a seat. So one more thing that we gotta do
2: uh, before we eat. I'm gonna invite Ken uh, up uh, one more time. Sorry, just sat down. Uh, we have uh, a couple of gifts uh, for you. Uh, so Ken and his family are uh, transitioning into a different season of life uh, where Ken is going to be uh, pastoring uh, this church called First Christian uh, Church. And so there's a couple gifts. So number one is a journal. Um, and the journal is because Before God is going to use you to say things to people, uh, he's going to say things to you. Um, And so as spending as much time as you would speaking as you would listening. And so my hope and prayer is that you would fill this journal with all of the stuff that you and God are talking about. Uh, The second is a book called. Oh, look at this. A church called Tove. And so this is a church called Good, not a church called Impressive not a church called popular, not a church called huge, a church called Tove. Um, that it would be under the goodness of God and the blessing of God. This is an incredible book. Um, and then uh, the last one by Glenn Packingham, it's called The Resilient Pastor. Uh, so resiliency uh, came up today. And, and I think your experience will be, as you learn perseverance um, from those beloved people, that's probably the gift for this next season of life, to live in their example of perseverance um, as you go uh, about this. So I'm really excited for you, uh, really grateful, a little bit annoyed, but mostly grateful. <laughs> um, and family, you get to be a part of this too. Um, just one quick thing I would just say to you is, you know, there's nothing that's changing. So there might be some people who have some ideas about what a pastor's kid should or shouldn't do. Um, I just wanna tell you, uh, you're not a pastor's kid. You're Ken's kid, right? And so same thing for, goes for pastor's wives. You're not a pastor's wife, you're Ken's wife. So the beautiful thing about that is that you get to live and operate and breathe out of that identity. Because that identity has been given to you by God. Nobody can take that, nobody can speak into that uh, but him. And so as you go, uh, player you would go in that before we fill you fill a pork. All right, would you stand? We want to pray uh, for this awesome family. Family, you want to come up? That'd be great. Isn't awesome? Oh, stop! 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 <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> this thing has also brought us to. Yeah, you better give me some mic here. Uh, this. Okay. 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 Your legs. Uh, I'll. You know. Help. Have somebody help you stand up if you need to fall down. Um. Dave. Is such a great mentor for me I already have more books on my desk than I've read in my entire life (laughs) seriously in my entire life I'm like looking up audio versions of these because there's no way I love that about Dave though he calls me out and says hey this is how I feel God is calling you I love that about him and even speaking to this next season and some of those things what an incredible pastor we too uh, feel like um, invitation and then prior to that Keris was such a gift to our family and brought us to this moment and we love the fact that, that he's calling us out into something else that god is um, and so we appreciate that we appreciate this church and uh, dave continues to be a young buck mentor for me uh, when when i guess the old guy is supposed to be the mentor but he is man wow right amen yeah okay, right. that's the minute let's
2: pray Lord God, we thank you today uh, for all the seasons, Uh, seasons that come to an end, seasons that are uh, beginning uh, ahead of us, stretching out ahead of us, and so God, I pray a blessing on the Sproul's family um, as they continue to be who they are. Uh, God, I pray that they would receive pastor not as a noun, but as a verb, uh, a place that they live out of, uh, an action thing. And so, God, uh, as we step into this next season, we pray uh, that you would unite them as a family, you would empower them as a family, and that you would use them in a significant way uh, in Sioux Falls for the good of the kingdom, for the good of the city, uh, and for for the good of those who do not yet know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it, every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.